Hello all, and welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 107, and today we'll be talking about Future Vision. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. This is, um, probably one of the biggest can of worms, as it is called, that Steven Universe has probably opened, because Garnet's Future Vision is just, like, a source of so many plot holes, I think. Oh, yes. I mean, basically, basically, after the after this episode, we have to go to every episode that's aired before or since and wonder, you know, did Garnet know this would happen? Yes. Was where was the future vision? And that is just it's just like <laughs> you know, I I really think the um the Crewniverse should define how the future vision works better because it just like seems to be so vague and all over the place. Like it just leads to. A lot of hole poking, and I don't like that. I think this is like one of those rules of magic where the more you explain something, the more you're actually able to use it to solve problems. And the problem is, this is something that should be being used to solve a lot more problems than it is, apparently. And we don't know enough of the rules of it to know whether it can or cannot. Yeah, well, I guess, like, the less the universe addresses it, the more it kind of hopes that the fans will kind of forget about the future vision until it's brought up in the plot when they want it to be. And so they don't, because, you know, writing a story is very difficult when you're constantly trying to figure out where plot holes can be poked instead of just, you know, writing the story. So I can, I can see that. Oh, looking for plot holes in your story is one of the most fun things there are. But then again, I kind of enjoy certain kinds of bug hunting in computer code. So maybe I'm just strange. I think it's, like, important not to have, like, the huge gaping plot holes that, you know, like, anyone would see. But, you know, constantly having to, you know, go through what you've written with a fine-toothed comb looking for those plot holes, I think, is kind of detrimental to getting stuff done in written. So, I don't blame the Crooniverse for putting in the future vision, but, ugh. That was a tricky decision to be made. Yeah, that I'm not I'm not sure the future vision worked out. It's it's being used okay for now, but again, it's like every time something happens, we have to be like, oh well, you know, Garnet's future vision isn't perfect, so the likelihood of what happened was probably just low. Mm, it's still, you know, something to think about. Some importance does seem to be placed though on the kind of questions she asks of her future vision, like in friendship they or in cry for help they explicitly say you know that she's looking for peridot at the at the communications hub and can't find peridot she's looking for peridot she's not looking for pearl so she doesn't see pearl so she does have to know what kind of question to ask true true it could be like um like her future vision is kind of a separated entity and she actually has to ask the question, like, impulses for future vision aren't really going to come to her as much as she has to, like, think of what is possible to happen and then ask if that is possible to happen. What are the possibilities? So she has to have, like, she can't be complete, like, she can be completely blindsided, essentially, but it is yeah. rare. So what did, what did you think of the Ninja Squad, you know, bright, happy, cheery, and for kids versus the uh, new Ninja Squad, you know, mopey and for young adolescents? Did you, did you like that dichotomy? Um, see, I never kind of went through that phase as a kid. 
like I would like you know here I am still talking about cartoons as an adult oh. so obviously part of me uh was unwilling to let go of the childhood childish enjoyments so no I never had that phase where I'm suddenly going to replace all of the things that fascinate me with darker edgier more quote-unquote adult things so I, d I do relate to wanting to be treated like an older kid like in my neighborhood it was an initiation to turn nine years old because that was the mm. official big kid age wow but um no i, n I never let go of the old stuff <laughs> well, some of the old stuff is good stuff although some of the some of the stuff for young kids is best to leave behind Oh god, like Teletubbies. That stuff is oh, okay. that That's... stuff that stuff is creepy That's to watch dire. as you're older. Really creepy. I liked I, when I finally figured out what it was what um when Steven and Garnet are out there with the exercise tape, I finally figured out what that reminds me of. That is a very adventure time kind of thing to have happen. Just out of nowhere, you have this tape, you know, Finn and Jake would have just found it in a ruin somewhere. And they're messing with it, and then, up, oh, destroy it, never see or hear of this again. Yeah, that kind of, like, weird, out-of-context humor, which is also kind of cute and endearing. Like, of all the things Steven and Garnet could do together as an activity, like, Garnet will play tennis with Greg, and she'll <laughs> do weird exercises with Steven, and then, you know, smash the... The whatever that thing is called because it's... The tape player. The tape player, yes. The or boombox, I guess. Boombox, there we go. The the boombox when she's done, like, is there a limit to how much money Greg is going to have to spend? Like, wh what is the shelf life for basic things? I do have to wonder that, you know, this is the episode about future visions, so they have to know that we're thinking about, okay, did Garnet see something in the future with that tape? And we'll never know the answer because it's just a throwaway joke. No, I think Garnet is just, like, what was it? It was, um... So many birthdays, she just thinks violence is the answer. But she knows love is the answer. So what is the answer? Is it violence or love? Well, she loves violence. <laughs> there we go. That is that is Garnet summed up. That is Garnet back together. <laughs> I like how Steven totally zeroes in on the high five from Lars. Oh my god. <laughs> that is Everyone's that's like, a little desperate, Steven. You you mentioned, hey, there's a tiny, tiny chance that you might get a high five from Lars, and that's all Steven here. Steven's like, okay, pursuing <laughs> this new possibility. So you get third degree burns all over your body. I think that I think that led to probably one of the best Garnet one liners in the show. <laughs> yes. And that's saying something, because Garnet has a lot of one liners, but the whole thing I drink coffee for breakfast. <laughs> like what are those called? It's called like anti jokes. Hmm. Yeah, anti-joke maybe, or maybe a non-sequitur. You know, the, the, her response had nothing to do with the question he asked. I mean, it, it kind of did, but kind of didn't. Like, if you if you got, well, I don't, I don't think that's really a good analysis. Like, what, like, the same thing Steven says, where it's like, danger is my middle name. And it's like, oh man, that looks dangerous. And it's like, I eat danger for breakfast. But she just listed yeah. a, a common breakfast Yeah, thing. I drink coffee for breakfast. <laughs> like... Uh, it's it's wonderful, is what it is. <laughs> Are you okay with all this quartz? Yeah, quartz is my middle name. It actually is. 
that would actually be pretty awesome. If, uh, if, and then he, he would have to put sunglasses on. The, what is it, the CSI Miami? Yeah! With the sunglasses? I don't know. That would be, that would be, yes, we we have to have this happen now. There's Yeah, because I mean, the show is, you know, not above making really obvious me- obvious meme references like they but did the usually they usually they prefer to reference anime well they do anime but they also like do common you know internet memes essentially like they did the garnet statue with the babies in the watermelon <laughs> stevens that one's probably my favorite but they also had sanic sanic he made a reappearance in this episode yeah gotta go quickly <laughs> this episode was nice i love the uh just, you know, since I'm gushing about the stuff, I have to gush a little bit about the jaunty little rag tune that they played while yes. Steven's imagining all the terrible ways. I, I'm so glad that one got posted like the, to the SoundCloud. Know, Western saloon music. Like, there's been this increasing trend of people who will, like, Western saloonify Steven Universe songs on the piano. Have you it's, seen them? It's, it's, I think... Like, I've been seeing them pop up a lot recently. Someone did Love Like You, but, you know. So do they make ragtime covers these days? That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Although I thought I thought ragtime post-dated saloons, or the typical Western saloon era a bit. I don't know the actual name of the genre, GC. That's just what it makes me think of. Okay, well, I'm saying that they called it Death Rag, so I'm assuming I was right <laughs> to think it was a, de- a piano rag, so... I do have a, an affection for the ragtime genre, even if I am no aficionado. It is an interesting thing to turn a, a song into, I'd say that. <laughs> but, of course, everybody, everybody's gonna want us to mention it. The Beedrill. Beedrill. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, a Pokemon reference, which is technically an anime. Yeah, technically. I mean, it's very mainstream, but yeah, well, it after is from Japan, so after Pokemon Go came out, you know, it became like the highest, the biggest fandom or something for like, like one month. I'm still playing Pokemon Go. I have an instinct hat. How how can anyone not be on Team Mystic? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, you would be a Mystic. You would be a Mystic GC. You would absolutely. No, what, what's that number crunching? To mean? You're the number-crunching, emotionless robot that a mystic would be. <laughs> uh, spoken like somebody who loses. I have never won a single gym. But I have uh, fun. What can you say? I have victory. So Stephen kind of has a meltdown in this episode. And by kind of, I mean really. He absolutely has a meltdown. I mean, like what, what, what astounds me is how Garnet did not foresee the future where telling Steven would make him go on the roof. I think she did see it, and I think I think she was, you know, steering the ship with the map she saw. She wanted to get him on the roof so it would be a clear so she would know exactly what she had to do to defuse the situation. I think that's what she did. No, because that would be like too manipulative, Garnet. Well, no, I think I think it's like either Steven is rattled right now, but he'll be okay when I get back, or Steven is rattled right now and absolutely will not be okay when I get back. And so telling him about the roof basically means, see, she shows up, she looks around, if Steven isn't inside, she knows which future came to pass. I think that's what she did. But why tell him to go on the roof in the first place? Like, I think anyone in the right mind would know not to stand on the roof in a lightning storm. 
Again, she tells him not to go on the roof, so she has a signal. If she's, she, I'm thinking that she knows that if she tells him not to go on the roof, then one of two things will happen. Either he'll be fine and off the roof, or not fine and on the roof. Rather than her having to parse out how fine he is when she gets home, she'll just know. And she'll be able to, you know, calm him down. I think she was just telling him not to go on the roof because of the lightning. Mm. And wasn't looking for a possibility where Stephen would freak out. And then maybe during the mission, the thought hit her, and she went. Because, like, maybe she she was like, let me check future vision to see a possibility of how Steven will be when I get home. And one of those possibilities was, like, a charred corpse on the front porch. It was a very abrupt return for Garnet, but during her conversation where he's like, what, what's going to happen to me on the roof? And she says this. It, it, that sounds to me like exactly what is happening right then is what she knew was going to happen, and she's... So she is telling him don't go on the roof because she knows if he goes up on the roof, it's because he's feeling really bad. So okay, she genuinely does not want him to be up there, but she knows that if he's up there, she can help him. I still can't make sense of it. This is why they shouldn't have introduced future vision. What the? What, why? Why did they tell us about future vision? <laughs> so, so, so should there have been like a, a message from Rebecca Sugar or Estelle or somebody? And no matter what you do, don't go on the internet. What's going to happen to us on the internet? This, but I don't know. Uh... Back on the back on the subject of Garnet's future vision again, very complicated. Why do they do this to us? I don't know. Made for a very interesting episode. Although I will say, uh, this episode I had to rewatch it more times than the average episode for it to like feel like a normal Steven Universe episode to me. And I think in many ways, it's never going to be completely normal to me. There's always going to be something a little weird about it. Well, the whole episode was kind of just like really funky and awkward, like quirky would be a good way to put it. It was just like all the jokes were kind of, not meta, but sort of weird. Like, it was funny because it was weird. Like, you, you know, watching Garnet and Steven exercise, like, <laughs> it was just funny because the way it was presented. And they also had, like, regular jokes, like, that means something else happens with the pickle. Yes. That's one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> I mean, that's just a keen observation from Stephen, really. <laughs> and you know, this is, you know, one of those few episodes where Stephen actually asks questions about the nature of gems. And, yeah, if only we had more of those. He's, he's developing an ability. To, he's leveling up his follow-up question skill, just like he's leveling up his endure, whatever his take loads of hits in battle skill is. He's leveling Defense. that one up like crazy. Not 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 defense. It's just passive. His soak. Uh, that's what it would Constitution? be. Constitution. Um, not necessarily. I think soak is a good way to do it. That's from the White Wolf system storyteller. That's what it's called. Just his ability to passively soak damage. I think that would just be health. No defense. It's called soak. I'm going with soak. Soak. That sounds so weird. Like he's SpongeBob or something. But we. <laughs> I forgot what my original point was. Oh. That's okay. We don't need a point. <laughs> well, you said something like Steven was leveling up his follow-up questions. Is it like those yeah. games where you just focus on leveling up one thing at a time? So he focused this episode to asking questions, and then every other episode he was trying to level up some other skill. And we're all just begging him to focus on the questioning again. That would actually be a very interesting cartoon where you have, it's a, as a coming-of-age story, not unlike... Steven Universe, 
where there are stat sheets for all of the characters and they highlight any character growth by saying, oh, this person just gained a stat. So this would be like his perception, essentially going D&D style. Perception plus one. No, and then after this, he just, he he never does those perception checks, ever. And we're Mm -hmm. left here, like, how did you not notice that? Come on, Steven. He's always just rolling ones. You know? I, I do like from back in Ocean Gem where Pearl's like, there's a lot about gems you don't know, Steven. And and Steven gives Pearl the stink eye like, yeah, and whose fault is that, Pearl? <laughs> no, Steven, Steven, it is your fault. Pearl is absolutely willing to teach you things. All the time. As long as she has a magical mirror. As soon as the mirror doesn't work, she's like, oh, class over. She wasn't going to like give him the mirror and just be like, go teach yourself like a lot of teachers do. In the current world with their online classes. Yeah, but she doesn't even she doesn't even try to tell him anything. It's like, Pearl, you know I love you, but I also love gem history too. So like, how are we going to make this work? Pearl could just have like that kind of short attention span where it's just like, okay, if this doesn't work, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. She's, she's focused on the mess she just made, not on the, <laughs> uh, not on the education she hasn't done. The asymmetry of this pile is really getting to me. Yeah, <laughs> Pearl. Both uh, sides have to be the same! I, I, I make that reference all the time when I play Minecraft with my girlfriend. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Let's see, what what's left in this episode? I think we've covered all the jokes. I, I, I did think that the Keep Beach City Weird blog on Tumblr had a very, very good side story. You know how Steven imagines the fridge falling on him if he goes to get a snack? Well, apparently that actually did happen to Ronaldo, and then he was very distraught to realize that his father and brother do not actually read his blog because he was posting them, like, asking for help all night. Could he not just text them? Or call them? Why bother? Because they're obviously going to read it on his blog as soon as they're able. Not not only, like, like, he would have to not only count on them using tumblr or whatever steven universe equivalent of tumblr is but following him and having notifications set up on their devices that tell them that he has posted something and that they prioritize those notifications like first of all the tumblr notifications are really quiet you know what i i just guess that ronaldo thinks that they valued family a little bit more Mm-hmm. i don't think his dad even knows what a blog is I think he knows exactly what it is. A waste of time that Ronaldo <laughs> likes to, you know, work on a lot of. That's that thing Ronaldo's really into, unfortunately. Well. Wow. The Keep Beach City Weird blog is a gift to all of us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Doesn't even add that, but like the only thing of value that I really have ever taken out of that blog is that it mentioned um, Beach City College. Like, it gave us a little bit of lore on the surrounding area that I appreciated. It's an, I, I think it's a fun little thing. I liked the one about, um, what's it, what's it called? Uh, Dogcopter's parents actually being cats. We never would have known that about Dogcopter or how Dogcopter 3 went down um, if it hadn't been for the Keep Beach City Weird blog. But now, Dogcopter meowing in uh, Chilateed, I believe, makes sense. Steven has foresight. Steven has future vision. <laughs> We've come uh, full circle. Yeah, I mean, he's got every other power, so it wouldn't be strange if he did. No, he, he doesn't have future vision. He just, like, dreamscaped himself into the minds of the directors of Dogcopter and just pulled out such a small 
nugget of information. Um, I don't know. If he did that, I don't know how he could keep from leaving Cookie Cat behind. I mean, maybe Cookie Cat is uh, one of Dogcopter's parents. We'll never know. Unless they update Keep Beach City Weird again. Or it's just brought up in the show. I mean, you know? That would be nice. I mean, come on. Cookie Cookie Cat has to come back. Lion 2. What what was it? Lion 2, the movie? The movie? 2. Yeah, Lion 2, the movie 2. Lion Harder. Or The Revenge. Like those, you know, those stereotypical... The Revenge of Lion. Subtitles, The Return. No, on... um, Revelations. On one of the comic book covers, they had cookie kittens, and I think that would be perfect for them to add to the show. I would love cookie kittens. Little cookie kitten treats? Well, no, not to eat them, just like kittens. In every show, every episode, there's just kittens. You know the cookie cat sandwich? Well, they have the cookie kit, cookie kitten little little sandwich. Like like those frosted animal crackers, but they're all kittens. Yeah. Mm, I love frosted animal crackers. Hmm. So, any any more thoughts about uh, Future Vision? The episode, not the not the power. Well, the power too, I guess. Well, it's all relevant. Hmm. No. None. Nope. I'm dry. Again, uh, kind, of, kind of an episode that sticks out as a little weird, but again, that Adventure Time moment with the exercise tape. The I drink coffee for breakfast. It, it certainly had a lot of great moments in it. And it was the last of our undone retrospectives. So, you know, now, now we're on into the Stephen Duke retrospectives. And then after that, I guess we just wrap around and start with uh, start with on the run again. Retrospective, retrospective. Well, I mean, it w- it won't be retrospective until we wrap around back to uh, Gem Glow, but the way we've the way we've done it makes it complicated. Well, we'll figure something out. I promise. I think we're just gonna have another game show. Yeah, it's it's, it's just gonna be game show time. And then another episode where Ken Hunter, no, you you Hunter and I just talk about food. Uh. And then Ken dubs over the entire Humans. beginning. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Well, so guys, we'll see you next week. We'll be starting off with our Stephen Duke episodes. I'm sure you guys are excited about that. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, kitties. Later, kitties. Oh. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. gonna kick your butt I'm gonna kick your butt whip